On today's episode, we are going to take a look at Salesforce, so let's get started. Like I mentioned today, we are going to take a look at Salesforce and we're going to do an overview of what this company does, historical financial values and the current valuation. We might also take a look at some of its competitors and its competitors valuation. So I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Like always, don't forget to hit that subscribe button, the thumbs up and the bell. It helps the small channel out so much and I truly, truly appreciate it. Finally, before I go any further, guys, let me know in the comments below right now. Are you a bull of Salesforce? Are you a bear? Or do you really not care because you don't know much about the company? And if you don't know much about the company, I'm hoping by the end of this video, you will know a lot more for this company. And I've learned so much in just these few few hours that I have done researching this company. So the first thing we want to take a look at is this company's what this company does. So the best place to find what any company does is pretty much just go to their website and just go look to their products about us and you can find what they do. So right here, what is Salesforce? Salesforce is a customer relationship management solution that brings companies and customers together in one integrated CRM platform that gives all your departments, including marketing, sales, commerce, and service, a single shared view of every customer. So right, this pretty much helps you determine who your average customers are, what type of products they purchase. So this is something that a lot of big, even small companies use. So that's uh, pretty much CRM. And there's a lot of different competitors that we're going to see that are also in the CRM business. So we are going to take a look at why some people might choose Salesforce over another company. So another thing I wanted to take a look at is who are the current customers? Because if you have some big customers, it can kind of give you some form of confidence that, hey, this is a company that definitely knows what they're doing. And again, you can find this on their website. They have Adidas, they have AWS, Amazon, Farmers Insurance. They have a lot of big companies that I can pretty much keep scrolling and keep seeing. So this right now gives me confidence that this is a company that knows what they're doing because they have such strong, they have pretty much such a strong resume. They say, hey, I've worked with Adidas. Hey, I've worked with Amazon. And that to many people is a very bullish sentiment. All right. So next I found this pretty cool article from selecthub.com and it pretty much here, if you guys want to see the title right here, Salesforce competitors, 20 of the top Salesforce alternatives. So I pretty much just Google who are Salesforce's competitors and they gave us some, a nice list. And I was actually pretty impressed to see some names in here. And I actually went ahead and tried to find if any of these were a public company. Um, most of them are not, but I think it's pretty crazy to see a few Microsoft dynamics is, I didn't even know Microsoft was also in the CRM business. And this is something new. I learned Oracle Oracle is also in the CRM business. So they are a competitor and those are two really big guys. So it's, it's sometimes kind of, you got to understand that, Hey, who are my, my competitors and how, how are they doing better than, than than Salesforce, right? Two competitors that are not big companies, but are in their own in their own field are SAP. And a lot of people, if you if you work in big big companies, you might have heard of SAP. And then there is Pega. Pega is also it's a very small cap compared to these other companies. But again, they also focus on CRM. So these are some of the competitors. And later on, we're going to take a look at some of their valuations. All right, so now let's take a look at CRM's price performance. And right now, I just pretty much just want to take a look at the price performance compared to February 20th, because this is pretty much when the whole market started to go down. So since then, this company has actually dropped about 8% 
from its highs in February 20th. And I actually find that actually um, kind of surprising, right? A company, a software company that deals with customers, with customer relationship, especially with, with big companies right now, still needing to make sure their customers are, are still there with the whole COVID-19. They need to make sure all their customers are happy. I would have expected a company like this to be up compared to February 20th. The only downside, right, is if this company does have uh, small businesses uh, as some of their uh, some of their customers, that's gonna obviously drag the price down because they're gonna be collecting a lot less revenue from those businesses, especially right now since most of those small businesses are closed down. All right, so next we're gonna take a look at this company's revenue growth. And here I'm on this website, lazyfa.com, which allows me to see this pretty easily. So in 2019, this company grew about 28% compared to 2018. In 2018, it grew about 26% compared to 2017. And in 2017, it grew about 25% compared to 2016. So we're seeing a very strong double digit growth, right? And it's a very strong growing company. But yesterday, what company did I take a look at yesterday? Cscaler. Cscaler was showing a stronger growth, right? That one was a heavy growth where it was growing 50%. But just because we saw 50% growth yesterday, a 25, 30% growth is still pretty strong for any company. And let's actually take a look at the market cap of CRM. CRM's market cap, wow, that is actually pretty big. It's $157 billion of market cap. Um, so for it to actually be able to, to still be able to grow at these double digits values, that is actually pretty impressive. Normally, the higher the market caps are, sometimes you see a slowdown in revenue growth, right? Like I think Amazon, Microsoft, and Google, they're grow um, Microsoft and Google are growing like at a teens teens percentage growth so to be able to see a revenue growth of 20 of high 20s is actually pretty impressive and another bullish sentiment so now let's take a look at this company's past gross margins and profit margins in the past four years in 2019 this company's gross margins was 75 percent in 2018 it was 74 percent in 2017 it was 73 percent in 2016 it was 73.5 so there is a small increase of this company's gross margin every year and that's again pretty impressive because it means this company is doing smarter ways to save its money while it collects more revenue unfortunately this company is barely profitable in 2016 it made 3.8 percent in 2017 it made 3.4 percent in 2018 was actually pretty good that it made 8.4 but that seemed to be a one random one random year and this past year 2019 it had a profit margin of about 0.7 percent so it's very inconsistent but at least it's consistently making profit there is no real trend right now but it is a company that is making money for its shareholders next i wanted to take a look at this company's balance sheet and we see this is a strong growing company this is a company that has very strong gross margins and has a positive profit margins it is very heavy market cap um, so right now, I pretty much just want to see what this company's liability and asset distribution looks like. So first, non-current debt for the most recent quarter ended at about $5.1 billion. Current debt of about eight, $750 million. So in theory, this company has somewhere around $5.9 billion of debt. And a huge, over half of this company's liability is deferred revenue. And deferred revenue to me is pretty much a fake liability. I explained this. So obviously, if you've, if you've watched my channel, you've heard this explanation. If you're new, I definitely like to explain deferred revenue as the following. You know how when you do Netflix, Netflix, you pay for a yearly subscription. 
Let's say you only have viewed, only one month has passed from that yearly subscription. The other 11 months remaining in Netflix will be considered deferred revenue because they have yet to provide you a service for that money you collected. So it's pretty much a liability because imagine if something bad happens to Netflix, they will have to refund you that portion. So it's considered some form of liability because there's still a moment where this money can leave. So, but to me, I consider it a fake revenue because the chances of something like that happening are very, very rare. The risk is still there, but I would consider it rare. So just deferred revenue, this company it has enough money to pay off its total, total liabilities from, from the deferred revenue. But let's take a, a closer look. Cash and cash equivalents is about 4.1 billion. It's non-current investments is about 2 billion. So that right there is about 6.1. Current investments of 3.8 billion. So that's, what did I say? 5.1 5, 5 plus 3.8, close to $9 billion of some quick cash um, available to it, which again, is enough to pay this company's total liabilities, not counting deferred revenue. And that to me gives this company a very strong balance sheet. It's not, I wouldn't give it, I wouldn't give it a A, or A plus, if I was to give it a grade, it would definitely be in the B sector because it is strong, right? This company will still have cash opposed after after paying its liabilities, which is something you like to see. The next one I wanna take a look at is operating cash flow. And this is the cash flow that it collects from its everyday activities and compare it here with revenue. So we can see as revenue going up, what, it, what you want to happen is you want operating cash flow from operations to be going up. And that's exactly what's happening here. So that gives me really good, good news that, hey, this company is making money from its everyday activity. It has a positive cash flow. So I don't really have to worry about its balance sheet as much right if it's able to still make money from cash flow from operations it means even though from its everyday activity it still ends up with a positive cash flow so there's no real need to worry about that balance sheet all right so now that we took a look at some historical value i wanted to take a look at some up-to-date news um and these are all i found in seeking alpha the first i thought is pretty recent from may 8th 2020 salesforce has partnered with new york city to do some form of tracing program so they're going to use salesforce to build up some form of call center and customer relationship case management system which will help track potential cases and isolate pe and isolate people before they're sick and they're expected to have this running by the end of may so if they don't have it opening now it should be coming in in the next few days this program hopes to hire about 2,500 public health workers by June to train using the contract tracing program. And I always think this is actually pretty, pretty impressive. Even though this might be a small type of contract with New York City, I, I don't know the actual, the actual price, having this type of work in this type of project can actually lead to really good things in the future right now you can say hey i've worked with some form of pandemic i've helped this new york city this so if another something like this happens or something around this lines were to happen salesforce can say hey i have the experience and my team has done something like this next this one i think is actually pretty cool on may 26 salesforce sets up an advisory board for their europe middle east and africa strategy so they are pushing this is the company's fastest growing area over the past year so they're pushing some movement they're making some board to start working on a strategy there 
And if it is growing, I think it's always important to have some form of team to make sure things continue to grow and grow. All right, so next, I just wanna take a look at this company's most recent earnings, which were February 25th. This company is reporting earnings in the upcoming days. So if you guys want me to take a look at their earnings, feel free to let me know on the comments. Just say, Jose, take a look at Salesforce when they report earnings, and I'll be like, yes, sir. Um, so revenue for this company was in the last quarter was 4.85 billion and that's up 34% compared to same time last year. And I do think that is actually pretty impressive because we were in, in the annual data, we were seeing a revenue growth of about 20, 20% mid twenties. So to see a, a mid 30 percentage growth for the quarter, it, it's always a, a good sight to see any type of strong double digits is always a very bullish sentiment to, to look at. All right. So now let's take a look at this company's valuation. And here, what did we see about Salesforce? We saw a company that's seeing very strong double digit growth in the mid twenties of revenue. We saw a company that's providing some form of, of positive profit margins and they're increasing their profit margins and their gross margins as time progresses. We saw a company with a very, very strong balance sheet. And we saw a company, yes, that is in a market that can actually, that has plenty of other competitors, which I think might be one of my biggest draw side of this. And actually, let me, let's go back to there, to that article where we talked about Salesforce competitors. This article pretty much explains why other people might go to other, to other types of, to their competitors opposed to Salesforce. The main thing is Salesforce is pretty big and might be too big for small businesses. So let's say you just want a great CRM without all the bells and whistles. Others might not have the budget that Salesforce charges, so they might go to their competitors. That's one of the biggest reasons that some other people might go to Salesforce outside of Salesforce. But at the moment, there isn't really any strong reason to use Salesforce opposed to these other ones, opposed that it's very big and it has a lot of bells and whistles. But all these bells and whistles can actually probably end up in the other competitors eventually. All right, so let's come back here to the evaluation. So this company, I like to take a look at forward PE ratio two years from now and forward price to sales ratio two years from now. So for forward PE ratio for two years from now, for January 2020, it's expected to make non-gap $3.82, which gives us a forward PE ratio for and you might be like jose you're crazy this is a company with a crazy high for pe ratio this is a company i don't want to invest in and i would say okay that's true but sometimes this is what you normally see with high growers like we mentioned this is a double digit mid-20s high um low 30s revenue grower and that's something you usually pay for right because as they continue to increase revenue they will eventually continue to increase that amount of money they make which will increase we will decrease that forward pe ratio so we can see right in 2021 this company is expected to make 20.8 billion dollars of revenue in 2022 it's expected to make 24.7 so that's a huge increase there of revenue again close to that 20 percent that it averages Forward price to sales ratio for this company is about 6.42, which I honestly don't think is overvalued right now, right? We have a company with a decent balance sheet. We have a company with gross margins of 70%. That is very high. And we have a company that's at least producing positive earnings to its shareholders. Um, So for those reasons, I personally think a 6.42 forward price to sales ratio for 2022 is not as bad. The only real downside I can see right now, and maybe this is just for me not truly understanding the company right now, is that there are a lot of competitors right now. So 
it can that growth can probably hold down but we did see that this company is just increasing its presence in europe middle east and africa where they're seeing very strong revenue growth so that can continue to elevate this company's revenue and earnings and continue to drop that forward price to sales ratio so to me it's not a horrible investment but at the same time it's not the best investment either all right so now let's just take a quick look at their competitor stock price so not stock price stock valuation so sap like i mentioned was one of the public traded companies and this one has a market cap of 150 billion so it's very similar size to crm if we take a look at sap's pe ratio is a lot cheaper than crm right we see a forward pe ratio of 19.7 now that's a little bit more acceptable to certain investors and that forward price to sales ratio is a lot lower 4.35 but we can see this revenue estimates right for 2020 into 2021 this company is not even expected to grow 10 percent in revenue so again here you can see the difference between the two and why you pay a little bit more for salesforce because salesforce you are expected to increase that revenue growth you're seeing that revenue growth at a strong 20 percent where in sap you're not even getting a 10 percent revenue growth and the second one is pega and pega is also a crm but this one's actually pretty, a lot smaller crm only has um pega only has a market cap of 7.4 so 7.4 to me is actually pretty small this company right now if we take a look at valuation forward pe ratio like i said it's gonna be crazy because this is probably a company that's seeing very strong revenue growth actually let's just go from the bottom in 2020 to 2021 this company is expected to grow close to over 20 percent revenue so its forward price to sales ratio at a 20 percent growth is 5.96 that's actually is that cheaper than salesforce that is cheaper than salesforce but that I, I don't have the full picture here right i'm just taking a quick look at the valuation this company might is it's not making any money right now it has a crazy forward pe ratio of 187 for 2021 so those are the things you end up seeing at these increasing count right where salesforce has better forward pe ratio and it has a stronger revenue and has stronger revenue growth you obviously would pay expect to pay a little bit less for for pega compare to CR, um, to Salesforce. Another thing, we haven't seen this company's balance sheet, so it could be a little bit weaker as well. But again, I just wanted to talk about these two companies and just put them in the map. If you guys want me to take a look at any of them, feel free to post in the comments. And I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Let me know what you thought. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to hit that thumbs up and let me know in the comments what you guys liked and what you guys didn't like. So take care, guys.